This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. In 2016, a wildfire escaped the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee and made it as far as Gatlinburg. And now new information is coming to light about the fires. It was peak fire season anyways, more so than normal. And this wildfire just happened to be in a uh, perfect storm of sorts. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. A one-day clearance from federal officials will allow French Creek Freddy to make his shadow-based prediction today. Chris Schultz has more. Initial reports Wednesday stated that the West Virginia State Wildlife Center would be closed Friday due to issues with the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service's annual relicensing procedure. However, on Thursday morning, Senator Joe Manchin sent out a press release stating U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack assured him, quote, that French Creek Freddy will have the opportunity to look for his shadow tomorrow morning. Shortly after, Governor Jim Justice confirmed details for Friday's ceremony. The celebration is scheduled for Friday, February 2nd at 10 a.m. when French Creek Freddy will emerge to reveal whether an early spring is on the way or if winter will continue for another six weeks. Members of the public are invited to attend at 9.50 a.m. for the opening ceremony. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. In 2016, a wildfire escaped the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee and made it as far as Gatlinburg, killing 14 people and injuring dozens more. Inside Appalachia's Mason Adams spoke with investigative reporter Tyler Whetstone about new information he's helped bring to light about the fires. So, Tyler, you know, I grew up going to Gatlinburg and the Smokies with my family, and I continue those traditions now. And a lot of folks from Appalachia visit the Smokies and, and Sevier County there. But 2016, you know, is seven years ago. It's been a while. Can you refresh our memory on that 2016 fire and kind of just the basics, what, what happened with it? Yeah, absolutely. You have to remember, for those who were around, in 2016, there was an exceptional drought, one of the worst droughts in state history. Uh, the region was in a pretty severe drought into the Carolinas and Virginia, Georgia. And so it was peak fire season anyways, more so than normal. And this wildfire just happened to be in a uh, perfect storm of sorts. Uh, it began Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving in November 2016. And the park was severely understaffed because of the holiday. You had people who were new to management positions that didn't want to tell people not to take off for the holiday. And then the fire was up high in chimney tops, which is a weird peak in the Smokies. I think when most people think of the Smokies, they think of uh, rolling hills and uh, treetop mountains. Uh, the chimney tops is pretty much the only peak in the park that's uh, rocky and fire started way up top. It was in a spot that really couldn't be taken care of, couldn't be fought. And so they let it kind of burn out. And that was the plan, except that it, it didn't. Obviously, the day the fire blew out of the park into Gatlinburg, it had a, uh, a number of things that went wrong outside of just park officials not letting Gatlinburg know what was going on. Uh, you had what's called a mountain wave, which some people may be familiar with, but it's certain times of year, typically in late November, 
at least in the Smokies, where you have phenomenal winds that'll blow through. And we had wind gusts well over 85, 90 miles an hour that Monday, which just blew the fire that had been largely contained um, to the park, well outside of the park. And of course, it spread through Gatlinburg, other branches of it spotted fires up through Pigeon Forge outside of Dollywood. At the end of the day, 14 people died, uh, hundreds were injured, and something like 2,000 buildings were destroyed. And Gatlinburg is, is sort of an epicenter of tourism there in Sevier County, which is you know one of the biggest destinations in Appalachia. And uh, Gatlinburg's been working on rebuilding since, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, um, you've been looking into the Park Service's initial response to this fire. What gave you the idea for this investigation, and how'd you go about doing it? So I've been writing about the, the wildfire. I was there the night that it happened, at least in Pigeon Forge. You couldn't get into Gatlinburg. Uh, emergency crews wouldn't let you get into Gatlinburg, which was probably a good call. Um, so it's something that I've been working on, on and off, for seven years. Uh, in the last two years, really kind of spearheaded our reporting on that and continue to follow a, uh, a federal lawsuit against the Park Service that victims of the fire filed. About, uh, I don't know, two months ago or so, I got a new set of documents, 1,500 pages or so of, of federal records that we hadn't previously seen uh, from a source. And those records really uh, spawned the effort that you see this last week or so that we that was Mason Adams speaking with investigative reporter Tyler Whetstone. To hear the rest of that story and more, tune in to Inside Appalachia Sunday mornings at 7 and Sunday evenings at 6 on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.50. Cloudy today with highs in the 40s, partly cloudy tonight, lows in the 20s, and mostly sunny on Saturday with highs in the 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by Charleston's Women of Achievement Awards Luncheon. Today at Embassy Suites Hotel. Tickets at ywcacharleston.org. And by Mountain Health Arena and Convention Center, entertaining Huntington and West Virginia since 1977. Information at mountainhealtharena.com. This week's encore broadcast of Mountain Stage features... Americana Tex-Mex indie rock music of Calexico, who made their fourth appearance on the show. You'll hear Irish alt-folk artist Anna Makey, David Wax Museum, Americana music pioneer Steve Forbert, and folk singer-songwriter and activist David Huckfelt. Our song of the week comes from Calexico. We listened to their performance of Cumbia de Dante from their album Edge of the Sun. This is Cumbia de Dante.
visto Son mis canciones Que no ha cantado Toda la ruta Desierto azul Me lleva a ti Oh, a la nada Started in Sonora Down to Oaxaca Traveling to Tijuana And San Diego From Mexicali And San Francisco Calexico performing Cumbia de Dante on the mountain stage. To hear the full performance and more, tune in this Saturday at 6 and Sunday at noon right here on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. Our Appalachia Health News Project is made possible with support from CAMC and Marshall Health. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.